Ear splitting before match point. Londa. Chin. Turn back and Purdue wins. Setting up Peterson again. Block. Boilermakers do it. They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five and advance to the Sweet 16 for the third consecutive year. The block by Purdue and the Boilermakers are moving on. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast, Corey Palm. Head coach Dave Shondell, uh, coach, uh, it's it's still pre-conference season. It's still you know non-conference season, and I know everything about the first four weeks of the year is is geared towards getting ready for the rest of the year to a degree. Wins, of course, matter, but it, just as important or near as important, I would think, is how much you learn about your team each time they go out on the floor. One and one down in Louisville, uh, uh, lost to the Cardinals on Friday night. Turnaround swept Xavier on Saturday. What did you learn about your team? Well, I think we probably learned as much this past week as we have any other week. I thought that first weekend at Tennessee was very productive for us. First time on the floor, you're going to see some things that um, you know you're not really prepared for. Um, but then I thought going and playing a team like Louisville, who was ranked third in the poll this week, if they would win this week, there's a chance they'll go to second since Nebraska got knocked off, you know, recently by Stanford. But Louisville can really um, showcase some of your deficiencies. And I thought that uh, they've got some really live arms and some high-profile players. and. Um, so when you watch that tape and you come back and, and also the, the match with Xavier where I thought we played pretty well the next day, um, you know, number one, we're getting better. You know, we're, we're playing pretty well. I think that we're ahead of the curve, to be honest, with, with a relatively new group, a lot of inexperienced match day players. Um, uh, I can't help but be pretty pleased with, with where we are. I mean, we're going to contend. We're going to be able to compete, I think, in probably every match that we step on the floor. And it just comes down to how well we execute and how tough we are, whether we win those. But we saw some blocking deficiencies in some of those uh, matches because all of a sudden, instead of playing teams that have maybe one or two big-time hitters in the front row, they were having three hitters uh, in some rotations with also either Chasse or De Beer coming out of the back row and you know or or two hitter rotations with a setter that's live that was very good offensively that scored some points on us. So um, we learned also, Corey, that you know we, we play well enough to win probably all three of those sets, but we had um, a, a, a spurt in each match where we gave some points away. Or Louisville just played a really, really good, made a really good run, and we didn't have an answer for it. Yeah. And if we eliminate some of those, um, we'll have a chance to beat good teams like Louisville. Up uh, pretty big uh, near the end of set three, and, and you saw a, a, a lead evaporate. Six, a six point lead evaporate yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. That speaks, of course, to Louisville's talent, but also, you know, was there some, some shakiness in the attack? Was it just. The, the block was, was well, too Well, no, no question, a volleyball is a sport of momentum. And the focus, of course, and I told our team this, not just trying to make them feel better, but it's just an, an honest appraisal. 
We made a run right before that where yeah. we outscored them about eight to two. All right, no one's talking about that. True. They're talking yeah. about the run that, that they put together. And during that stretch, we actually took three or four really good swings that could have ended that match. They made some great plays. They got some deflections on some blocks, and they had they were they had a really good rotation. It was not our best rotation. Um, Eva was in the back row. Uh, Raven was had just got done serving. She had kind of led us to that with some really good serving and, and, and put some pressure on them. She's out of the game. So two of our better arms were not in the contest. So um, we don't want to get stuck in that rotation. We have to do a better job with the personnel we have in that rotation to get out of uh, situations like that. But uh, again, I, I give a lot of credit to Louisville. Yeah. They're a really good team. And they have virtually you know, seven of their top nine back. We have two of our top nine back, so that makes that makes a big difference when you get into those matches three weeks into the season, and and we hope that you know maybe we'll we'll catch them again down the road at tournament time. I uh, absolutely. I know uh, Monday at your your weekly press conference, you were very complimentary of of the back row play thus far this season. I know coming into the season, you know, four individuals is is kind of a small uh, grouping. For, for any right. position grouping at this level, but but they've really stepped up across the board. Well, I think, one, they were ready. Um, you've got some veteran players there with certainly Skimmerhorn in her fourth year, Ava Torrance in her fourth year, uh, Emily Brown first year here, but her third year after playing two years of libero at Missouri. And then you have Allie Horning, who came in here highly regarded, a top 20 recruit overall in this country. And... Uh, She's really stepped up um, this year and is covering a lot more ground and just playing playing really steady. And and part of that is they're getting a lot of reps. We only have four of them. They're getting normally we have seven or eight. Yeah. And so now those players are getting more reps. They know that the, that they're they're going to be in it to win it. And so uh, I think that there's a responsibility and accountability that they're carrying right now. But I, I think number one, they're getting a lot of they've had a lot of training over the course of time and. And they're 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 the reason that we're in the position we're in. We're right now we're seven and one, and um, you know you don't like to lose to anybody, but you know you go to Louisville. There's a good chance you're going to get beat. I'm anxious to see what Kentucky does mm -hmm. tonight in that matchup there. Um, but I, I think that we have a lot of room to grow, and it's just a matter of with right now what what's our behavior and our attitude and our coachability and uh, learnability, all those things that, you know, that, that are important when you get into the gym are going to be like to see how much better we can get during the course of this season. You get a chance to get better this week. You turn, return home for the Stacy Clark Classic, uh, two matches Thursday and Saturday, taking on the Norse of Northern Kentucky, and then uh, the Ball State Cardinals on Saturday, uh, a little afternoon, a little matinee action Saturday. Yeah, love the 4 o'clock start time. Um, so uh, uh, just, you know, I know Northern Kentucky comes in one and eight on the year. They've played a pretty tough schedule. They they've played a lot of ranked opponents thus far. Oh, probably probably overscheduled. Yeah. I mean, as you look at it right now, they were they're picked to win the Horizon Conference, and so they're going to go out and try to play some really good teams, and and all those good teams have, have beaten them. They've got the one win. Um, I'm not even sure who they beat right they, now. They beat DePaul. DePaul, who's not a bad uh, team. So they're going to you know they're going to be number one chopping at the bit to beat somebody but they're also probably not going to be playing with great confidence so that's the kind of team you want to go out and jump on early and just keep putting your foot on the pedal as much as you can but before we talk too much about the tournament let's talk about stacy clark yeah and uh this this event uh is the stacy clark classic because 
uh, Stacy who passed away, uh, seems like yesterday, but I know it's been probably five, six years um, uh, since now, was the most kind and sweetest woman that I've ever known. And from the day that our staff got here 20 years ago and to the day all of our players arrived whenever they got to Purdue, she would be the first person to welcome them. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was always around our program, as was she was around the women's basketball program mm -hmm. and some other programs. She, she gave to all athletes the best that she could, but she was this kind and caring soul that really helped our players get comfortable here. And she would, would take pictures and she would, you know, um, do all kinds of things, ran our booster club, all, all those kind of things, which is no longer even intact, right. by the way. That's the impact that she had, was that she, um, she made things better for our, our student athletes. And, and not in a way that we, she was breaking NCAA rules, don't get me wrong, of course, I'm not sure what those are anymore. But <laughs> she, she just was there to put her arm around them and meet them when they came into the gym every night. And she'd even come to practices just to, to be around and, and, and make sure that there was a smile in the gym that, that our players could appreciate. So when she passed away with pancreatic cancer, um, I, I just kind of made it my purpose that we were going to have this tournament. Usually the only way you get a tournament named after you is you put up a big amount of money. Sure, yeah. Well, she put up her entire life, you know, for, for us. And just uh, um, I felt like we needed to, the least we could do is name this tournament after her. So when our people walk in, I hope they'll think about her and uh, that you don't have to be somebody that uh, is, is a coach or an administrator or gives lots of money that you can do the right thing and be rewarded for that. And we'll, we'll, I mean, I will never forget her. Um, I, and I don't think anybody that ever met her will. Yeah. I don't ever remember seeing her without a smile. Yeah. Uh, she was just that kind of that kind of person, yeah. that kind of uh, spirit to have around. And I, I thought it was it was wonderful to make the move to name the tournament after her. It was yeah. even better, I thought, to, to make that move uh, while she was here. Yeah. It didn't happen, at, you yeah. know, after she passed. It, You're absolutely she was right. Able and, to... and credit Morgan Burt for allowing us to do that, the former athletics director. And he didn't blink an eye. Yeah. He said, no, you're right. Let's get this done. So anyway, on to the tournament. Yep. And I know there will be a, there'll be a tribute, uh, throughout the course of the tournament yeah. as there, as there well, her, her husband, Steve was always in that third row of the bleachers over there, right across from our bench. And I know he'll be there with a, with a big smile on his face. Yeah. yeah. So Northern Kentucky Thursday is seven o'clock. Uh, then Northern Kentucky plays Ball State Friday night, right. and then you get the Cardinals on Saturday afternoon, four yeah. o'clock start there. Uh, I know that Ball State match is sold out. The Northern Kentucky, I think there's a few tickets left. So yeah. fans listening to this, uh, if you don't already have them, go get them. Well, uh, only, there might only be one other match all season that isn't sold out. So yeah. this is an opportunity to come see this team play. I really want our students to pack that place. You know, the last time. We were at home, was Labor Day weekend, and a lot of students had gone home. Uh, this, this will be the first time, I think, that we'll have them jammed in like sardines down at that far end and hopefully making some noise to help us because I think that, you know, I, I've told our team a couple of times this week, there's a fine line between us having a great season and not. And one of those factors is our students, yeah. what they do when, on, on match night when, when we're playing great competition. Because uh, they make a difference. They made a difference against Utah. You were there. You saw it. You yeah. felt the presence that that, that group had. But uh, they need to realize that they do make a difference in the success that we have as an athletic department and specifically with our volleyball team. And they can make a difference Saturday for sure. Ball State mm -hmm. comes in 8-2. and two. They just lost a heartbreaker to Dayton last night. I watched that match um, 
on a, on a streaming device and what a great match two really good teams mm -hmm. we all know how good Dayton is because we played them a year ago and we're down 2-0 in the uh, second round of the NCAA tournament and, and we're fortunate to storm back and win that and they just lost one one starter that I know of and they had been missing a one of their little jumping jacks on the left side a kid named Maldivar that's just a tremendous player and uh, she had been out the first part of this non-conference and, and came back for that Ball State match and I think that was the difference maker just her her being in that lineup was enough to give Dayton that 15 to 12 uh, victory last night at Ball State yep the their only other blemish was a was a good Mississippi State team. to Mississippi State down in Nashville yeah and this is a Ball State team Corey as you know uh, went to the NCAA tournament last year and uh, Beat Michigan. Beat Michigan. Yep. And uh, then then played some really close games with Louisville at Louisville before uh, losing that match. And they virtually have everybody back off that team. I mean, there's not a lot of changes in who they were last year mm -hmm. and who they are now. They've got a lot of depth. Last night they played about 11 or 12 players. Really good balance. A setter that's really aggressive. Um, but they're a solid team, and they will not give you many points. We've played some teams that have given us some points. Ball State will not give you points. You're going to have to go out there and, and be so zoned in and so focused that you earn your points against this team. Kelly Miller-Phillips, familiar name to Purdue fans, uh, very familiar to, to you as well, uh, former Boilermaker superstar, and now the head coach in her sixth year at Ball State. Does it ever get – do you ever get tired of being proud to look across the sideline and see a former player? No, but you know Kelly's even more more special than that because I coached her in club ball yep. uh, in the Muncie system when she was just in seventh grade. Uh, I coached her two years at Muncie Central High School on a state championship team and a team that was good enough to win it but did not. Um, and then uh, basically, she was the first person to tell me that she would come play at Purdue for our staff and for the Boilermakers before I, really before I even landed here at, at Purdue. So, um, and then she started four years for us, some um, as a left side hitter. Uh, that was back when we were kind of rotating between left side and libero between Brittany Dildine, who's now at Wisconsin, and Kelly Miller, who's the head coach at Ball State. And uh, that's two good people to have in that situation. They were a little undersized to play on the left side, but uh, they could swing and put balls away. And, and two of the greatest competitors of all time. Uh, that have played in this program, but Kelly has done a great job of, of taking over from our, my brother Steve. She was an assistant for Steve at, at Ball State, and then when Steve, you know, retired, um, Kelly has taken over and and actually made that program better. They've just they've just really excelled here uh, lately, and and this is this may be as good of a team as they've had in a long time. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. Coach, now that we've we've reviewed last week, we've previewed this week, uh, let's take a whip around the Big Ten, sort of the state of, of yeah. uh, volleyball right now. Five Big Ten teams in the top ten again this week, uh, including you guys rounding out the top ten. Um, and Penn State, what they, 11? Penn State's 11. Yeah, so. That's right. There's there's seven in the top 25. There's two more receiving votes. Like, it's 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 what it always is. Uh, fun fun for those that aren't coaching in, in, <laughs> right. the, in the Big Ten. Not as much fun for those that are coaching because it's going to be a pretty dramatic night every time you step on the floor and a lot of preparation. It is. And you, you get ready for Big Ten play starting next week. Mm -hmm. um, just, with Minnesota, with by Min the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
might as well, right? You yeah. might as well face the Gophers. Uh, out no, the it's it's a really strong league, mm-hmm. and and our fans, number one, they're already accustomed to that. But if not, they better get used to it because when you start looking at, at the, the young players that are in this league and then you go beyond the surface of who's committed, uh, okay, to come to the Big Ten schools, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I think we're keeping pace with, with you know, with, with our, our current freshman class. Obviously, Eva Hudson is as good of, as any freshman in the country yep. with what she's done so far. And then you look at which, a group we can't talk about yet that's coming in after that, which I believe was ranked third recruiting class in the country by uh, some organization. So, you know, we're keeping, we're keeping pace. It, it, then it comes down to what can you do in the gym. But when you look at the Big Ten right now, I mean, Nebraska was the top-ranked team, but they got knocked off by Stanford last night. They're still – feeling things out. They're trying to figure out what system they're going to play. They, they played some 5-1. They played some 6-2. The, the individual they thought was going to be their starting setter has not been playing that much because of, uh, I think, a little bit of an injury. And so not, not a huge surprise that they got beat, but, but getting beat at home by Stanford was a little bit of a surprise to me. But yet at times, you could see how good Nebraska can be. And then after that, I think Wisconsin is the next ranked team and they dropped one early uh, God, I want to say to Baylor yep. if I'm right and uh, that was at Baylor and uh, probably right out of the gate um, new, new setting situation for them they've had Hilly for five years after they had uh, another great setter for the four years before that so now they've got um, new people in place there a lot of different talented players that I think Coach Sheffield's trying to, to put the pieces together but they, they've been playing much better. I watched them play Marquette uh, a week or so ago, and they looked really good to me in, in that particular match. And they, they've got a big one uh, with Florida uh, this Friday where they're trying to break the, the, the national attendance record for a, a regular season match, and I think they'll do that. It's at the Kohl Center, and I think the record was just broken at Creighton uh, when Nebraska played at Creighton. They had over 15,000 people, so I think that's the number that they're trying to beat, and I'm, I'm guessing that they probably will. What a great time for volleyball in this country. The, the, you know, the attendance numbers are jumping through the roof all across this land, and uh, so we're excited about that. And then Minnesota, I think, is the next next team or Ohio State. They're both uh, right yeah, there. Ohio State, Minnesota, they're, they're flipped. Uh, yeah. And Ohio State's got the veteran team. Uh, they started out playing some really tough opponents, Texas and Texas. You know, but they played back-to-back nights mm-hmm. and lost both of those. And then... I think uh, lost us maybe was it San Diego San that Diego. also beat them before they turned it around. Now they've beaten three ranked teams in succession, but they they have more experience than anybody. They're kind of like our team was last year, uh, but unfortunately there were a lot of teams like us last year in this league that had a lot of people back. But Ohio State has got more back uh, in place than anybody else with a great setter, and uh, they kind of feel like this is their year to to, to really make some noise. Um, then Minnesota, who is our first match of the season, you know, position by position has as much talent as anybody in the country. Uh, they got help with some transfers and, uh, and a, a good freshman recruit in the middle. They got a 6'7 uh, freshman, Calvin Booth's daughter, that played basketball at Minnesota, for those of you that are old enough to remember. Uh, his, his daughter is going to be an exceptional player. They've got a veteran setter, Shaftmaster, out of Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, really good pin hitters. Um, 
they're they're very talented. So that's kind of the four that right now are perched at the top. Um, and then you know we're ranked tenth, but we're not the tenth best team in the country right now. I'm I'm just being honest with you. I think can we be at the end of the year if things go well? Yeah. Sure. Um, but right now I I think. Um, you know, we're still living on uh, a good couple of years in the past, and I think we're a top 20 team um, if, if we're playing well. Uh, and then also Penn State, who had the great week last week. Penn State beat Stanford uh, in, a, in a, a tournament that was played at Minnesota. It was a Big Ten, Pac-12 challenge, and they beat both Oregon and Stanford. So that kind of opened some eyes up and shot Penn State from where they were about, I don't know, 19th in the poll mm -hmm. up to about 11th. They took the biggest jump of anybody so those I think that gives us six right there before you get into Illinois who I think was 25th in the poll they've lost a couple this year then you've got Northwestern and Michigan uh, and this this should be Northwestern's year I mean Tammy Thomas in her senior campaign uh, as well as some other experienced players uh, they haven't been to the tournament for for quite a while. It's kind of like their basketball team, you know. They they were chomping at the bit for so long. They finally made the tournament, I think, a, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but this would be a good opportunity for Northwestern to make the tournament. And then you haven't talked about Maryland or Michigan State or Indiana or Iowa and Rutgers, yeah. the, the people that remain. But every match is going to be crucial this year. And and what your schedule is, the way they do the Big Ten schedule is you're going to play every you're going to play seven teams twice and six teams just one time there's a there's a formula that tries to keep that fairly balanced so you're not playing the seven best teams twice and then the six weaker teams if, the, if there is such a thing in our league right. uh, the one time that they're looking at past history and trying to make that just like they do in basketball and some mm -hmm. other other deals to try to make it a fairly balanced schedule and right now you really can't tell because it's too early I just know when I look at our schedule, it looks pretty tough. It looks pretty uh, tough. Because there's a lot of good Big Ten teams <laughs> on it. But that's that's just kind of a go around real quickly. Um, at the Big Ten, it, it will be more competitive than ever. And that's why we're, we're trying to build that mentality with our team that you have to win the close matches and you have to be really tough. Is How is the mentality with, with the team right now? I know you're you know closing in on a month, first month of the season, a yep. couple, couple weeks of training camp before that. But yep. with such a – such a large group comparative to the last couple of years of, of newcomers and, and yeah. fresh faces. Uh, how, how are they doing? Well, I, um, I love the team. Um, it's a great group to walk into the gym with and coach. They're, they're, they want to get better. They listen. Uh, they, they, they care about each other. They love each other. Um, they just lost their, you know, they just lost their first match last weekend, so that's kind of a wake-up call, which is good, which is what you need. Um, but uh, you, you know, we, for health reasons, we're, we did not have everybody in practice, and we did not have everybody. Uh, our last match we played, we did not have Maddie Cook mm -hmm. um, or Maddie Chin, uh, who are both out with, with health um, issues. So um, we hope we hope that uh, this weekend we'll have at least one of them back, and moving into Big Ten play, maybe get them both back. But that's you know remains to be seen. Uh, we feel like we got the depth to, to make up for it, and that gives people opportunities. This past weekend on that Saturday match against Xavier, we got Lourdes Myers uh, and Emily Rastowski. Yep. You know, some some good playing time in a in the right side position, and, and neither one of them played a bunch of right side. Lourdes is more of a middle hitter, but she can play in the opposite position. And Rastowski has spent most of the time in the left side, but a lot of time this year in the right side spot. But really hasn't played much. She was a redshirt 
last year, yeah. and this is her first year, and uh, hasn't had a lot of you know mop up time to play. Um, but she got some real quality time uh, against Xavier, and she had a really good match. That's good. Yeah, I didn't want to let this week go without without mentioning Emily got her first start, I believe, and, and a lot of PT against Xavier. So that. You never know when that's going to come in handy down down the. And she was ready down the road. Yeah, yes. She'll be ready again if she if she needs to go uh, this weekend. Boilermakers take on Northern Kentucky Thursday seven o'clock. If you can't make it to the gym, and tickets are still available, so get out there. There's a few left. Uh, if you can't, both matches this week, all three matches actually be on Big Ten Plus. So uh, Ball State and Northern Kentucky can watch their match Friday night as well. Um, Good. And then four o'clock Saturday afternoon, you can. You can watch the Boilermaker football team at Syracuse at noon. I know that that kickoff time sort of helped uh, d- determine your start time because you yeah. wanted fans to be able to enjoy both. Yeah, and that you know we we know that people are interested in all of our Purdue sport teams, and so we wanted to make sure we weren't conflicting with with football. Um, common sense would indicate that you don't want to play at the same time if you want to fill your gym. And that's what we want to do. And obviously with a sellout already in place that we're going to have a great crowd. You know, the people from Muncie will, will travel over here for the, that match. So it will be fun to see uh, some familiar faces uh, from 20 years ago uh, show up over here. But it should be a, a fun a fun match providing our team goes out and plays well and, and we win. Can't wait to see you, Coach. Good luck this weekend. And uh, we'll catch you next week. on the Thanks, team. Corey. Boiler up. Boiler up.